And as Miss Dickinson, the supervisor, closed the doors to the public, the staff yawned and stretched, buttoned up their coats, and began to call out their good nights. Lorna, of course, was wasting no time. This was what she'd been waiting for. To finish work, skid along home, have her tea, not that she'd want it, and get ready for the contest. Her mother would be coming with her, and her auntie Sissy over from Musselborough, and probably Ewan McKee, a senior postal clerk who worked in the back office after being demobbed from the Navy. Hey, Lorna, wait for me! He was calling to her now as she raced out into the chill of the evening. You know I'm going your way. Hurry up then, I want to do some practising when I get home. You don't need to do any practising he told her, grinning, as they set off together through the lighted, crowded streets of the West End, he suiting his long-legged stride to her quick little steps. You know all your piano pieces backwards, eh? I'm playing the saxophone, Ewan. The saxophone? Whatever for? I mean, I know you're good, but... She laughed a little at the expression on his broad, good-natured face as he took off his cap and put his hand through his thick brown hair. But girls don't play the saxophone. They do, then. They can play any instrument going, don't have to stick to the piano or violin. Yeah, but for something like the contest, I thought sure you'd play those good tunes you know so well. I bet that's what the judges would like. Who knows what they'd like? And I can play tunes on the saxophone anyway. If you come tonight, you'll hear them, eh? I'm coming tonight, all right. Just try to keep me away. They parted at the end of West Maitland Street, from where Ewan continued into the Dalry area, and Lorna ran fast to a shabby old house off the Haymarket. Here she had lived all her life in the ground-floor flat of the converted building, the only child of her parents after two brothers had died in infancy. It was not a sadness Lorna herself had experienced, being too young at the time, in fact, she had known no sadness at all until the death of her father the year before, a grief that was still with her. How did you get over losing somebody who'd meant so much? You just take it day by day, Tilly, her mother, had told her, and keep busy. Well, they were busy enough. They had their living to make, Tilly as a dressmaker, Lorna, after her war work making munitions, in the post office, for now as she told herself, but not forever. There were four rooms in their flat, two bedrooms, a kitchen and a living room, which was furnished like most of the living rooms Lorna knew, except, along with the stuffed sofa, the loaded sideboard, the table and chairs, there was a piano, very old, with walnut casing and yellowed keys, even a pair of candle holders, but it was Lorna's pride and joy, and all thanks to Auntie Sissy, her mother's sister, who'd let them have it years before. It had belonged to her late husband's mother, given to Sissy for her children, but they'd never wanted to play and had now left Edinburgh. Who else would I give it to but Lorna? Sissy had asked reasonably, with her dad being a musician and all. Always meant to get one. Cam Fernie had said, thumbing through the old music that had arrived with the piano. Never got round to it. Always needed something else first, Tilly had put in. And that's where we made our mistake, eh? This should have come first. 
you had your fiddle and your sacks, but we should have thought of Lorna. As her father sat down and ran his fingers over the keys, muttering that he'd have to tune the instrument before he did anything else, Lorna could remember standing looking on, transfixed with happiness. Am I going to learn to play, Dad? she'd whispered. Of course, she'd learned to play. As Lorna bounded into the living room now, calling to her mother that she was home, the memory of all those lessons came back. Not just for the piano, but the saxophone and violin as well, with her father patiently teaching her so thoroughly she'd never needed anyone else. Oh, but it was hard to think he wasn't still there in his chair, smoking and smiling as she came in from school. But she wasn't coming in from school today, and it was Auntie Sissy sitting in his chair now. She was waiting to go with her and...